I so want a theme song, a theme open. Someone make one for me. I know so many musicians. Someone make it for me, and I will promote the hell out of you and your music. Just do it. Just do it. Now, folks, we're in the dark days of winter right now here in Wyoming. There's a killer virus on the loose that is affecting all parts of our lives. And President Trump was impeached again? How's your mental health? Like on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the best. Just think about that for a little bit. I think I'm about an 8 right now because my social media feeds are very, very entertaining right now. I love the people that post their crazy, mostly misspelled thoughts on their feeds and they think all of the world can read it, not just their friends list. And I'm guessing their friends list is no more than about 300 people. There's a site, it's called Lamebook. If you want to be entertained by these kind of posts, could one of your posts be on Lamebook? Think about that. Now today's guest is Megan McElroy. Folks, I want to apologize for the quality of audio. There was a windstorm, a broom that was from the West Coast all the way through Nebraska, and Rollins' internet could have been slow, Laramie's internet could have been slow as well. I just wanted to let you know there's some glitches. Now, like a lot of interviews, we don't even get into half the interesting parts of Megan's life because of, well, time and a bit of a delay between my questions and her answers kind of threw me. So I'm sorry about that. I wasn't sure if I needed to fill in the gaps, so I may have talked more than normal. I did enjoy our conversation, and this interview truly shows how life can come full circle. First question first. I ask this of everyone on the podcast. Where were you born and raised? In Colorado, near Arvada. So growing up there, were your parents originally from Colorado or where are they from? Um, They're actually from Wyoming. Um, My mom is from Evanston and my dad's from Torrington, that kind of area. And how did they meet? Um, They met in college in Laramie at uh, University of Wyoming at the Third Street Bar on Third and Grand. Oh, really? That is awesome. Uh, I'm familiar with the University of Wyoming. You know, last 17 years of my life has been spent working there and college as well. Um, So when they met, was it it love at first sight? They date a little bit? Um, Did they get married right away? Um, from what I understand, my dad was dating my aunt. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, that my mom and they didn't go into specifics, but um, they dated for a couple years and got married, had three kids off the bat pretty much, and all girls. My poor dad. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I'm the only boy of my three sisters. And so, yeah, I understand the only boy thing. 
Uh, and, and but even with my dad's, my stepdad and my dad, I was still the only boy and we were always outnumbered. So uh, unless we had a dog in the room, that was, might be a male. Uh, where do you fit in the mix? Are you like the oldest, middle child, the baby? Far youngest. You're the youngest? The far youngest. Yeah. So there was Robin, my first, actually, um, when my parents first started having kids, they lived in Orleans. And they actually lived in the house right across the street from me. Wow. Um, yeah. World comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so um, my dad, he was majoring in psychology. And he came here to do his clinical work at um, Cathedral Home Freedom where I've also worked for a short stint. Um, and he worked um, just as a psychologist. And my mom and dad had their first daughter, um, Mary Ray, Mary Ray Jane. Um, she died of sudden infant, in, infant syndrome, sorry infant death syndrome um, in the house across from me. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, that would be if when they came to visit, that'd probably be a hard place to be. Um, it did, I found all this out. Um, first time they came to visit, my dad was looking across the street for a bit. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, that's where we live. I'm like, that's creepy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is that is interesting how life kind of comes full circle, and especially that your family relocated down to Colorado for, for a while, or just still there. Um, so you grew up Arvada, you said, right around the, the Denver area. Um, what were you what were you like as a kid? Were you adventurous? Were you rebellious? Were you a straight A student? Were you the little shadow to your older siblings? What were you like as a kid? Um, I was a goofball, um, kind of a tomboy-ish, very, very active. Um, I would joke and say that my parents didn't like me, so they put me in as many activities as they could. <laughs> so, um, I did uh, tons of sports. I was really uh, competitive and... Um, like you said, I was always competing with my sisters to be the best daughter, but pretty tough. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Robin's a tough one. Yeah, I I remember a lot. At least growing up in Oregon, because I'm not originally from Laramie. Um, with my older sister, there was definitely living in her shadow. Was she cast a big shadow? She was a very good student and a very good athlete. And so when Rochelle's little brother came along, you know, they, all these teachers and, and coaches expected me to be like just a chip off the old Rochelle. And I wasn't, um, first of all, I was a boy. Second of all, um, we had, we were genetically, I mean, we had different dads. Uh, my mom got married three different times, had three different kids. Um, and so, but my dad adopted my older sister. So I don't really know that side of the, her story until much later. 
But yeah, we didn't have a lot of, I mean, she had longer legs than I ever could have imagine having or anything like that. Uh, much better athlete, I think in some sports, um, even though some people remember me as being a good athlete and such. Um, it's only because I think she was a natural athlete. I put in the time in the gym and practice and all that stuff, but I had to get out from her shadow. So I would do stupid, rebellious middle child things and look at me, look at me kind of stuff or, okay, if she's going to zig, I'm going to zag. Um, but yeah, there was times where I was like, I was very influenced by our music that that's till to the day we have the same musical tastes and everything like that. Did you find yourself in that same situation as well? Yeah, um, I, I couldn't be very rebellious. Uh, my dad was super, super, super strict and the thought of getting in trouble was just terrifying. So um, I just tried to be the best kid I could and um, try to be the best student I could. That didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. I had to, like he said, put in all the work and study, 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 just to get a, a B. <laughs> so, um, but it was also um, lots of sports, uh, karate, ice skating, swimming, soccer, ballet. I hear you. <laughs> Activities. I don't know. We're a must growing up, I guess. At least I thought, because I was involved. But I thought they were a good escape, like you said, from your, your parents said you thought you didn't like you. They didn't like you because they put the activities. Uh, I didn't look at, I mean, I knew it was a break for my parents. So uh, I, and they were there. They were always cheering me on. And when it came to the actual events, they weren't parents that sat there and watched practice by any means. It was their time to get away. Um, but I took to sports. I liked that kind of stuff more than academics any, any day of the week, um, even though my family is very like, comes from educators. Uh, my mom, my stepdad is a call was a college educator. My mom, stepmom and dad, both retired teachers now. So they're educators. So education was a big part of my life, but yet I struggled hard and it was because I was left-handed and I didn't know how to mirror as well. So I was always behind learning how to write, learning how to like read, like, um, spell and stuff like that. So, it was different for me growing academically wasn't, wasn't my thing. And I kind of went away from it wishing now where I creak and crack and my body makes weird noises. Cause I did so many athletics, but you know, I'm trying to build my brain still. I missed out on actually trying to do that aspect of my life. Um, yeah. Getting good grades. I, I mean, you sound like your dad ran a tight ship. Um, did you guys get paid for good grades, get yelled at for bad grades and anything like that? Oh, we definitely didn't get paid for good grades. We just got kind of a high five <laughs> at most. Yeah. Um, but oh my gosh, you just hide under your bed and just pray no one finds you. Um, yeah, is he's a really great dad, but he's very he's very strict and rightfully so. I'm I could be a lot worse than I am now if it wasn't for him. So but, well, I mean, a lot of people I don't think my parents were strict by any means. I had a time in my life where, you know, we moved here and I rebelled and um, I didn't want to be in Laramie. So I did rebellious, stupid kid things like sneaking out at night, hanging out with the wrong crowd and all that. Um, but they, they weren't that strict, but they were like, well, there are consequences to your actions. 
And there were, I mean, there, I didn't get my ass kicked or anything because they did that when I was little and it didn't seem to work. So they, they learned to do it mental, mental stuff and, and, and take it away things, you know, like parents do and stuff. And it, yeah, it straightened me out. If you would have taken, if my mom would have said, you can't play football, I would have straightened right up. But um, I figured it out. But then I got to college and didn't have them. And I went crazy. And so like, yeah. did that, did that uh, strictness like cause you and your siblings to lash out in different ways growing up, like try to get away with things or you were just pretty keeping it real? Uh, when, when I was a, a kid, really little, um, like he had already had three daughters to practice spanking on and he fully believed in spanking. He did a belt, he didn't need a stick, he didn't need anything. Just his uh, flesh hand was fine. So by the time I rolled around, he was a professional at it. So uh, the first, I don't know, two years of getting spanked and whatever put the God, fear God in me. And I really didn't screw around with that very much. Um, I think, though, um, as I got older, like my sisters, uh, three out of four might have backfired a little bit because <laughs> um, by the time we got out of the house, we were like, fuck yeah, this is great. We're not going to get spanked, <laughs> which is a, a big reason why I went to Laramie for college. So, you like, well, I got my ass spanked. Um, about zero, whatever, one to six, I think. As I've been told, I don't remember any of this. I was a hell of a child. I was told, like, my parents would say stuff like, don't do that. And it was guaranteed that's what's about to happen. Um, and they would go out to eat, and I'd make it in a restaurant five minutes, 10 minutes. And next thing I know, I was being spanked into the car. And they would have to rotate with my older sister my mom and dad was sitting with me in the car. Um, my sister tells a story like I got spanked so hard going into my room. I flew onto the bed. I, I was fine, I guess. And next thing I know, I'm laying on my bed and I'm smacking the wall with my feet. And my sister runs in. It's like, don't do that. Like, they're going to kill you. Like, she was literally worried. I don't remember any of this. I, I you know, it wasn't, it wasn't belts or anything. And it wasn't just random beatings by anything. I, I deserve some discipline um, and they're behind it. And then eventually it just, I changed. I went to first grade and that was a change for me. That's when I started remembering my life, but, and maybe a little bit tidbit before that. I don't remember any of those spankings at all, um, but I suddenly changed into a good kid, a good kid and liked hanging out with friends and didn't get into trouble at minor, you know, whatever run-ins here and there, but nothing too crazy. So what were some of those, I mean, you're growing up um, in Arvada, trying to get those good grades, the Bs, the activities, what, what activities did you like end up like going into? I ended up in a skier and playing football. Those are my things. Oh man. Um, well, I guess the primary ones I did, um, I mean, I did skiing. I tried snowboarding once that didn't work. Once you're a skier, you, I don't think 
it's possible to switch. I think it's impossible, um, at least for me. But when I was, um, let's see, so when I was nine, no, when I was seven, I started um, doing karate. Um, when I was about five or six, I started doing swimming. Uh, when I was nine, I started doing ice skating. Um, that's the main ones that I did. Um, I didn't stop skating until probably after college. Um, I kept skating and I went to many, many, many competitions, um, national, state, lots of different things. Um, synchronized ice skating is another kind of sub-sport that I partook in. Um, not many people know about it, but it's it's pretty damn fucking awesome. It's like synchronized ice skating, but every girl has two sharp blades at the end of their feet. So it can get pretty cool and interesting and very messy. So that's cool. Uh, but I did ice skating up until um, college. I did uh, some teaching in college. Oh, wow. Um, did you find that the, the the skills, well, I always found if you, if you had a good athletic stance, you could do about any sports. Did you find like your karate skills could translate over into your uh, skating skills, like, you know, just movements and, and well, I've just been watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the fighting karate stuff right about now. I don't know if you've watched it yet. It's a, it's a pretty good, uh. Internet. If you watch Karate Kid, it's 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 awesome. Cobra Kai is great. But what it wasn't like the old Karate Kid movies, so I wasn't really into it. I don't know. It just seemed a little cheesy to me. I gotta watch it some more though. It gets better. Now we're on the season. We're on. We just. I just finished season three. That was the newest season, and each season gets considerably. I think it's season three. Yeah, better. Like better and old school characters pop up. And yes, that first season was kind of cheesy and I was I was worried, but I think now that Netflix took over this last season, it's it's they got the money. It was on YouTube TV, but now it's on Netflix. It's good. So yeah, give it a second chance. Deal with the cheesiness. We just did a good promo for for uh the Cobra Kai, and uh, they should send us money for that one. Um so so you're you're ice skating, your uh Doing karate through high school, both those sports, is that correct? I did. Um, and also, so on top of ice skating, all that stuff I did, um, I kept at karate as well, uh, both from throughout um, elementary school, middle school, high school, college. Um, I'm even going to start doing some private classes here um, in my home. Yeah. Income since COVID. Uh what 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 belt did you get up to? Currently, I'm a fourth degree black belt. Holy, wow, kick ass! I mean, really, literally, kick ass. Yeah. So, uh, that's awesome. That's amazing. You should be able to teach, and people should be intimidated. Uh, uh, so, did those those type of activities prevent you from working, or did you start working in high school as well? I worked too. Um, I worked. I couldn't start working. No one really hired until you were um, sixteen. Okay. 
that I worked as well. So I went to school, um, competed in ice skating, karate, top karate, and had a job at Burger King for a bit. That was awesome. I love that job. And uh, uh, like an after-school program after that. Wow. Kept yourself busy. My parents would only let me work during the summers. Um, during the school year, they're like school and your sports come first. You don't have time to work. And so like my first job was landscaping and I was uh, that our friend, oh, my parents' friend owned the business and he had a couple guys that worked for him and they did all like the mowing of lawns, the easy stuff. I was his quote unquote, I call it the work bitch. And that was called Justin move this and Justin move that. And it was super heavy stuff. It made me strong. I mean, it was one of those, it was a hard job. And it was, I learned that I didn't want to do that for a living because it was just wake up, work, go home, shower, eat, sleep, repeat. That's uh, no way to live life. Okay. And, and so I, I saved money from it because I didn't have a chance to spend it because I was sleeping and eating when I wasn't working. And I knew I didn't want to do that. And so I didn't hold another job until, uh, this is great. Um, my stepdad, he ran UWTV at the University of Wyoming. And he paid me $50 a weekend to carry equipment during football games for Cheyenne, not Cheyenne, Casper News. And then come in on Sundays and roll tape for the highlights for a coach's show and football. And so I would play football on Friday nights in Laramie and we were a good team. And then I'd go into the press con press room and start working for press. And I'd have my own press conferences basically with local media or with Wyoming media about the night before his game. It was fun um, to do that, to actually get a lineman like me. I wasn't a skilled player. I didn't catch the ball or anything like that. Actually got a little press. It was great to be recognized for being on a winning team and, and being a good player. And then I got to know like college players and, and coaches and such. And I never thought I'd go into broadcasting at that moment. That was never even on my radar. It was just a job. I thought it was gonna be like marketing or, or possibly a teacher. And later on in college, I made it into broadcasting, but it wasn't because what I'd done there. Uh, it was just another job. It was fun to be a part of that. And so did you know that when you're in high school that you're going to go to college did you where did you want to go to college it was wyoming the first choice right away i had to go to college no <laughs> question at all like my family you go to college that's what you do yeah uh, i mean did was wyoming the college or what could you have wanted to go more locally and it kind of sound like you want to get out of town but was that like, cause I wanted to go to like University of Oregon. I got recruited other places. Wyoming was kind of like, well, I guess I'll go there, you know, thing, even though I love it now. Yeah. Well, um, I knew I definitely wanted to get kind of branch out from my parents for um, several reasons, just kind of have my own freedom and not be latched on to my parents forever. I want to be one of those kids that lived in their parents' house at 25, 28, which is not bad or anything. It happens, like, especially now people are having to do that. But, you know, um, I was just really 
outgoing and driven to be independent and be successful and um, outshine Robin, but that never happened. We're still working on it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting how you get out of your parents' house just for, uh, I mean, just to get out of the strictness and to live a life and everything. And then you realize how much they took care of a lot of things in the life uh, for you. Um, you're like, oh, wow, I, don't, I didn't know how to quite do. Oh, well, actually, my mom taught me how to do laundry while I was growing up. So that's not an aspect for me. But like food, eating, eating right and stuff like that. Um, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what my mom was making all the time. And she taught me some stuff here and there along the way, or I'd ask. Um, now I think I'm a whole lot better cook because, you know, we have the internet and I can follow directions. So it's pretty easy to do if I need to cook. And, uh, but things like that, managing my money, all that, I could have used a little more guidance by the, by the fam. Um, my mom was definitely uh, all about me uh, learning my lessons. And I like to choose the hard way a lot of times. I'm sure a lot of people do. Uh, and so what was what was it like leaving Colorado City? And then now, now you're living in Laramie, Wyoming, population 30,000, 35,000. Uh, I didn't love it when I first moved here. I like to go to college here, but I didn't love it when... I, so was it, was it a shock for you? No, I was so happy and so excited to be like on my own and um i'm pretty bubbly and happy all the time and goofy still it'll never stop i don't think um but it's always been really easy for me to make friends i like people for sure and i was naive at first (laughs) um so i just got along with everybody and trusted everybody and um which is kind of shocking that I was still like that then, but I'm still like that now. I just don't think it's going to go away. Um, but I got along with everybody. I like making friends and meeting new people and, you know, getting new, new stuff. So like all freshmen at UW, uh, what, freshmen. Dorm, what dorm did you live in? Downey, second floor. What was that one? Oh, I lived in uh, the Downey Hall. Oh, Downey. Yeah, on the second floor. It was the best. I lived on my first year. I did dorms two years because I'm a glutton. No, my first year, I lived in McIntyre, fourth floor. Uh, I had a German roommate. Uh, He's 21, but I already had a fake ID. So that aspect was taken care of, um, of drinking. Because that's when I started drinking was when I got to college. I didn't drink in high school. I might have once, but... I became learned how to party. I learned how to drink when I went to Australia right before college. But uh, I lived on the McIntyre fourth floor. But there was another guy from Laramie on my floor that I knew not that well. Our high school, 300 and some people. So you don't know everybody. And um, he, and he played soccer and stuff like that. So we kind of knew each other. And I was always playing video games in my room with the door open. And he noticed and he kept stopped by and played video games. And then we became roommates. Uh, his roommate moved out. Uh, it had just worked out that way. My roommate, old roommate, the German roommate, knew a guy that would moved in. So it was all good in that way. But it was still hanging with somebody from Laramie. So I did not go out and meet 
a lot of new people in the dorms because I already knew I was from Laramie. And so I already knew where to go, where to party, people off campus, stuff like that. Um, and I had fr- some of my best friends lived off campus and everything. So uh, I didn't meet anybody. And then I lived there a second year and I had a single and I was on the second floor of McIntyre and my door was right near the door out. And so the exit door. So I never went past the front desk. We just propped that door open when we leave here and that we all had a kind of common rule to leave it open for the next person. And I'm sure it's not safe today to do anything like that, but it once again, didn't meet a whole lot of people from the dorms. Uh, maybe this one guy, he used to blast 90210 when it was on every Wednesday night with like huge, like DJ speakers. And so I'd pop, I watched it. So I'd pop my door open and just listen to 90210. He was from California. Uh, his name is Tori Mel. Uh, I got to get him on this podcast. Uh, be fun because he has some great stories. Cause he's one of those guys that he threw a dart and I think it hit the university, it hit Laramie and that's where he's going to go to school. And so, yeah, it was interesting. I think he comes from a rich family. We're friends on Facebook now and everything. And so I got to reach out to him to get him on this podcast. I've told that story twice about him on the show about 902 and Uh So did you, were you able to meet a whole lot of people as your first, first there in the dorms of Downey? super super easy um because my room was i lived on a co-ed floor um and my room was like everybody we were only on the second floor so when you went in the front door you just took the stairs and you're on their floor so everybody pretty much walked by my room if you're a guy especially so um and i do get along with guys a lot better than girls um for the most part um, just kind of, I don't know, still kind of a tomboy inside. <laughs> um, but well, black belt guys have to respect that one. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so I established four main friends. Um, and from them, I got to meet other friends and then those other friends became my best friends. And my best friends are part of the reason I live where I live right now. <laughs> well, that's good. So going into UW, did you know what you wanted to uh, major in? I had no clue. I wanted, well, I thought I did. Um, and I still, now I know, I, I still don't know. <laughs> but at first I wanted to be an English teacher like my dad. Um, just turns out that I really don't like reading as much as I like shit. I like writing, um, but I don't, I don't like reading <laughs> as much as you're supposed to when you're an English teacher. So that didn't work out. So um, I just took my associates in general studies and figured I'd get the rest when I figure out what I want to do because I don't want to. Didn't want to waste a lot of money because my dad get pissed and. I want to get spanked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I w- I wish I would have thought that one through too with my parents wasting their money. Uh, I, my parents were divorced. And so they agreed that the, each of them would just pay for a semester. Like my mom would pay fall. My dad would pay spring. And every, for five years they agreed. And um, 
I wasted a lot of their money. Sorry, mom and dad. I say this all the time. Uh, I wasted because uh, college. There was a lot more to college than just hitting the books, and I enjoyed all the social sides of it, and then some. Even though, like, I got into becoming a broadcast major. I was working at our uh, UW TV. Um, I was highly busy with that side of the job, but it was all the other non-broadcasting classes uh, that I didn't care much about. Um, And uh, reading, oh my gosh. Like there was a quote in a movie saying, if I would have known there was this much reading involved in college, I would have probably rethought it. And I I think it might've been road trip or something. And I'm like, that's kind of describes how I felt afterwards. Um, Cause I, I, now I'll read for pleasure. Now I'll read actually to um, and educate myself. And, it, and But also there's the access of it nowadays. Yeah, you have the internet. You can constantly read all day long. Might be, be reading garbage all day long, but you could read all day long. But you can get books there. You can get a lot of things that will definitely educate you. Um, but I, this kind of passion to kind of learn and educate myself, and I'm not going back to school, so everybody get that out of your mind. Um, is interesting to me compared to the guy I was when I was paying money to go to school or my parents were not doing it. So uh, I'm just like, wow, things have changed. And I had to pay for my last year of school. I went six years. You know, some people are, have master's degrees by then. I did not. Uh, I just have a bachelor's degree. I had to pay for that last year. And uh, that's where I learned a whole lot more about like being a little more responsible with money and paying for things that I'm actually going to do. I had one of those moments where I walked out and threw the books in the air and was like, that's it. That's no more school. And now I work at a university and people are like, well, why don't you? And I'm like, no, I never want that stress again. When you're in college, underlying thing in the back of your head is you should be studying. You should be learning. And I don't want that. I like coming home and vegging out in front of the TV, doing things, making podcasts, uh, making radio shows and such. I don't want to have to go back to school again anytime soon. And I'm not. I'm not, but I will still keep educating myself about things I want to learn about and read. So you got your, you got your UW, you got your general studies education, and then, then what? <laughs> it did. I, I want to. I mean, I sound like an angel when I said that, but it did take me five years to get that. Very much aspect of things as well. Like if they had given a degree for going to the bars and getting free drinks, I'd be. PhD level right now. I understand. But they don't. <laughs> Not I, yet. I'm working. <laughs> I learned I went to the bar so much that I needed to get a job in it. And that and to pay for my drinking. Um but even though I kind of fell into DJing, but I was willing to be a, a bartender or our doorman first um at the parlor that was my favorite bar when i was uh 20 and i mean we'd been going there so long when i turned 21 they were like you're now 21 oh my god i'm like hey i didn't get us in trouble and to get the bar in trouble or anything i don't want any free drinks and they're like okay and then within like two or three weeks they were like hey rude uh you like music and i'm like yeah the manager asked me this and i was like yeah i do he's like you want to be a dj and i was like yeah i do I had no idea what it took to be a DJ. I, I know I had a lot of music. I know I had access to a lot of music. Uh, my buddy had a bunch. I saw him carrying their crates of music and I was like, I can't do that. And so I learned their system up there, which 
had so many drinks spilled on it. I'm lucky it worked. And then, but in my quick thinking while they're asking me for this, cause I had another job that could have conflicted with it on Thursday nights. I was like, Hey, can my buddy be another DJ for us? So when I have to go shoot basketball games, he can be the DJ here. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. I don't think he was of age, but yeah. So we had like five DJs for four nights and Thursdays where me and this other guy, but eventually like I became like one of the main DJs and everything. And I bounced here and there. Uh, people like, Oh, your size, you should be, you know, helping us bounce and stuff. I hated that aspect. The DJ part's the best. And then yeah, DJed all through college, worked at the TV station, uh, other jobs, any jobs. I was like, when did I find time to sleep? And you don't in college. You really don't. You do a lot of drinking, studying, working, socializing. That's that just you live the college experience. And I know people that went to college in, you know, for, in three years and graduated, and they're crazy. They're psychos. They're called doctors now, I guess. And so um, I can't imagine that aspect of it. Uh, so what was what were the nights you can get free drinks on or at least cheap drinks on that you really enjoyed? What were the specials, the places you could go to? Do you remember those places that offered the great specials here in Laramie? <laughs> so like Monday, that was um, at Lovejoy's and uh, Margarita's. <laughs> and then do they still have that do they still have at phrase nachos i think they might Monday. i haven't been down and had nachos there in a long time but yeah they probably do i don't think that went away a lot of their stuff did but not that one but so monday nacho night and um tuesday was taco tuesday so at the corona village yep um that and more margaritas uh wednesday Kind of a kind of a, a breather night because uh, you'll see her soon. Um, but Wednesday we usually do a drink with Lincoln, the cowboy hunter, and then Thursday was drinking with Lincoln and fish bowls and Dollar Jack and Coke night. Like Thursday was a busy night. I knew I learned very quickly not to take any Friday classes. So. Never attend them. <laughs> Ever. Um, then Friday was just balls of the wall, anywhere. <laughs> um, usually Third Street, but Cowboy, um, Shadow, bless his heart. Um, one of my really, really good friends. I miss him to this day. I think about him a lot. Um, rest in peace, but, um, but, um, Saturday games, you know, go all night Friday, wake up. If you wake up Saturday morning at like six, start drinking, go to the game. <laughs> Hopefully make it through the whole game. <laughs> go to the bar, go home, take a nap. Go out that night and Sunday was a couch and Jimmy John's day. I, I, I think I lived well. A little bit of 90s version of that one. Um, definitely when I was in college and a bit of it when I was just employed in Laramie and working as DJ at Lovejoys. Uh, I knew I knew the right uh, uh, college. I think 
you know, we had as a dude Mondays or Monday night football, um, taco Tuesday existed in the nineties at Corona. I don't know if it was Corona. Yeah, it was Corona village, but it wasn't at where they're building now. It was inside, uh, the, uh, Laramie or was it Laramie? And yeah, uh, Wednesdays was a drinking with Lincoln night, but I was also a bouncer and it was wild willies. And on the corner there, you used to call the cowboy bar that one corner. I'm sure it's the same people that did it then. And then you had Thursdays was fish bowls, but it was out in Laramie, out at a West Laramie, which was Sins, which is now like a bait shop that doesn't exist. But they had really cheap fish bowls on Thursdays. And I think I was at a DJ that night on Thursdays at uh, the parlor. So it was an, a, you prime up at uh, Sins and then drunk drive God, all the way to the parlor and work and drunk. Um, sometimes we are smart enough that if I DJ'd like, I'd have somebody drop me off and we'd walk home and it was so far in the nasty snow, but at least it wasn't drinking and driving all the time. Did way too much of that during college. Uh, way too much of it in general. Don't do it now. Cause there's Uber and all that good stuff. And then, uh, so you know, it was Thursdays and yeah. And then Friday and Saturday, the weekends, but I didn't go out as much on Friday and Saturdays because I had to shoot college football games. I had to videotape them and then I had to cut highlights and then I do coach. So on Sundays, so uh, those were hard nights for me to get some drinking done. I was always jealous of all my friends that were out partying on those nights or like, because I couldn't, or I would like have to get my editing done real quick Saturday night, have a couple drinks, but be able to get up and work Sunday morning. But then I'd go out like do Sunday fun day or something just cause I wouldn't be able to do Friday, Saturday. But, oh, I understand. Uh, yeah. Working it out. You got to be efficient drinkers in college. I think. Um, we started drinking mad dog, uh, before, uh, we go out and stuff to get that buzz ahead of time, which was really nasty stuff. And I don't suggest to anybody. Um, and then we invent, we showed it to, I ended up working at a summer camp and we showed it to a lot of people at our summer camp and they were probably scared of us. Cause we drink uh, mad dog in the parking lot before we go into a bar and stuff. But we were from Laramie, which is 7,200 feet above sea level. And we worked in bars. So we had tolerances that once we went down to sea level, we're out the roof, like scary, scary drinkers to people that worked in New York, how much we could get drink, go home to bed and work with kids the next day and be just fine. No hangover, no nothing. And yeah, well, looking back, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe we did that. And, and we were some of the best counselors too. There's three of us from Wyoming. That two of us lasted for like five years doing that same regimen of drinking and such. And it was crazy. Uh, so I understand sometimes it takes us uh, a little longer in college because the social life and that's learning too. You're learning, but you're not getting a degree. You should have that. Yes. The master's degree and how to uh, drink efficiently in Laramie and everything. So once that, once you, once you were out of the dorms, no, just kidding. Once you were out of the dorms, uh, did you keep that up? Do were you working? Uh, what was your what was your plan then? Oh yeah, um, first year I was in college, I started working as well, a full time job. Um, I also taught ice skating lessons, um, and kind of going back to how you're saying you kind of get too messed up on Friday night because you had the games on Saturday. Um, I too kind of have a similar 
situation, I, I had to teach um, ice skating on Sunday mornings, which I don't really do mornings at all anyway. Um, I never have. And, uh, but I had to go out Friday night. I had to. <laughs> like, I had to. I tried not to, but I had to. So I did. And um, I was the only teacher in town that could teach the, the jumps, the spins, um, the harder techniques. So there I am, Saturday morning, 7 a.m., probably still drunk a little bit, <laughs> teaching all these little girls how to figure skate. <laughs> so I did it pretty well, apparently, because I didn't get in trouble and didn't hurt anybody or myself. I threw up once, so and they asked me to come back. <laughs> so. I, I kind of have a similar situation. Uh, my first couple years, I coached football, um, fifth and sixth graders, and, and basketball. And I, there was one time in basketball where one of my kids had to take a step back because we still, I still kind of reeked from the night before. And I brushed my teeth and tried to do everything, but man, that alcohol sometimes just find its way out of you early in the mornings. So yeah, uh, I understand that one. Um, or especially like trying not to smell like booze as I roll into our press box, the University of Wyoming uh, with my camera and such on everything even though you know all of them probably drank too but i was a student so or i mean i was just trying to get my foot in the door in that situation not you know set a bad example not an impression of myself to all those people so yeah i know i understand so um once uh when did you leave laramie kind of fast forward to that <laughs> Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I left Laramie in 2010. Nine? Nine or ten. One of those. You had started um, school here in what year? In 05. 05, so five years. Yeah, was, so, yeah, I did uh, Did take five years to take get my associate's degree. Yes, sister. I don't care. I just wanted to take my time and like you said, get the full experience, and I did that. I so, where did you where did you go after Laramie, and why? Um, I moved back to Colorado, um, pretty much because I never really had the intention of staying in Wyoming much. It was kind of just get out, get some wingspan under me, and you know, fly a little bit, have some freedom, um, but go back because there's tons more things to do as a lot of Wyoming it's no, <laughs> um, a lot more opportunity and um, a lot more people, but um, yeah, I, I, um, I had some really good jobs. One of my favorite jobs is one of my, is my favorite job. Um, is working in nursing homes. I love um, seniors and they're really awesome people and I just feel like they're getting the shit end of the stick and really getting, it's really sad. So I took pride in trying to change that however it's, it's still do. 
I definitely do remember that about you having, you know, a big heart to working nursing homes with people that it's towards the end of their lives towards, you know, health isn't that great and everything, but you were there for them and your bubbly personality, you know, is probably, probably makes them feel, feel really good. Um, did you ever think about, you know, exploring degrees in that, that world? Oh yeah, definitely. And I still do. Um, nursing is definitely never going to be a thing for me. Um, I don't do the bodily fluids all that well. Okay. I can issues and hugs. That's about it. <laughs> like I can't, no, I, I just don't have a stomach for it, but um, I wish I did, you know, but uh, I've really been trying to stay or veered back towards um, healthcare uh, for seniors, skilled nursing, um, assisted living, independent memory care. I've really worked in the mall and appreciate the mall and um, really want to get back into that um, as quick as I can. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not really into the nursing things, so that leaves um, marketing, which I'm glad to do, and business office, stuff like that. But as long as I'm able to help them and share my bubbly personality, because it does cheer them up, and I, that's what I like to do. So um, whatever I can do to make them happier, I'm definitely going to do. Nice. And so how long did you uh, work in the nursing home down there? Um, I worked in two. I worked in one for a little over a year. And then I worked at one for, I guess, like six years. Um, kind of funny story. When I got ready to move here, I was quitting there. And I've been there about four years, I guess, by then. Um, four or five years. And when I went to quit, um, they said, we're not letting you quit. When you come back into town to see your family, if you want to pick up a shift or two, give us a call. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool on both parts. If you do that and they will bring back with open arms. They didn't, want, they didn't want to let me go. It was the sweetest thing ever. So um, I did that. And one of my favorite nights to work there was overnight on Christmas, like from Christmas Eve to Christmas. Christmas Day, because um, I was like able like welcome in Christmas with them, and um, it's kind of dumb, but <laughs> um, I would be the one to deliver all the um, sorry newspapers in the morning. I would put them on the door, so on that night I felt like Santa delivering all the little newspapers on the doors. Because <laughs> you know it brought them joy to read their newspapers, like. You got it earlier. Your goal. Nice. So, okay. You say here it's Rollins. We spoke of early earlier. So you had a, you must've had a job opportunity in Rollins then. Yeah. Um, before I moved here, um, certain events just maybe sit down and say, well, Denver is definitely not the right place for me or Denver was not the right place for me at the time. I 
wanted to leave more than I was gung ho and getting the fuck out of there. Um, and I really wanted to come here because my college um, that I had in Laramie pretty much all ended up here because they were from here and others moved here for them. So we kind of stayed together. So, um, and my good friend Andrew suggested that I come here because they were all here and they support me and help me, which they totally did. Um, plus, like, so I just started looking for a job right off the bat um, for probably a month, maybe, and I found an amazing job that I still miss to this day, but um, with the credit union here, and by the time I got a job offer, it was like two weeks, I'd say, um, took me a month to move here, but I had a job the next day. So it just took a week to move here and leave home, and it was the day after Thanksgiving in 2015, I think. Yeah. So... I only know Rollins. Uh, well, now that you live there, and I had a friend. I don't know if he still lives there or not. Raleigh. Uh, yeah. He does. Have you seen him? Let me know if you ever seen him. Um, well, four months ago. Four months ago, you saw him. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys form a roommate too, but. Um, uh, that's a long story and that sends me on a road of being mad at a person but um just because we had such great friendship and we're not really friends anymore because we just lost contact and it was on his end but um i've only been to rollins i honestly have just gotten gas there um it's like the windiest place i've ever been uh second to laramie i uh, our first to laramie uh what is cool about rollins sell me on rollins wyoming well, you're there. So it's got to be all right. Um, in the summertime, <laughs> um, my favorite thing to do is uh, go fishing. There's lots of fishing. If you're a hunter, there's lots of hunting. Um, it never gets super, super hot. Um, like, really, really bad. Um, but the best place, my favorite place is to uh, to go to Seminole Reservoir. Yep. Uh, it's about 30, mi 30 minutes out of town, but it's just a little wonderland of nature and water and trees and sand and wind with sand, sand with wind. It's it's horrible. That's the bad part, but pretty much the rest of it is just, it's just awesome. It's just endless fun. Um, Lots of drinking. Is there, isn't there a hotel that's like haunted there or something? I've heard about that place. Oh, yes. The Ferris Mansion yeah. Hotel. Ferris Mansion. Yeah. Yeah, Mansion. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's for sale. It has been for sale, I think. Someone just bought it, I think. I think. I can't remember. But my sister saw it for, my sister was uh, visiting me up here. And she saw it for sale and she's like, let's buy it. I'm like, no way. No, <laughs> <laughs> no way. 
I I want to say my one of my co- former coworkers. I think he still works in IT, though. Um, his family owned it prior now to it being up for sale at one time. I think I could be totally wrong. I'll have to look into this and and figure it out and give an update at the end of this podcast if I was right about that place. And yet, why are you wet, Carl? Sorry, Carl has made an appearance uh, in the podcast. My cat, Carl, is sitting in my lap. He pops in every once in a while. And I was like, he's got a wet spot on him. Um, He plays in water a little bit. But talk, Carl. He's missing me um, because we went out of town this last weekend. And he always has to make up all the time I'm away from him has to be made up with time when I'm home. So sitting in my lap, being in the same room with me, like he doesn't leave my side. He's almost uh, 13. I've had him for almost 12 years and uh, he's the most codependent cat I've ever, or animal I've ever had. And so uh, it's fun. I I, like, you know, he's awesome. And, and so hopefully he's around for a long time more. I know cats live a lot longer than dogs and such. So uh, he's definitely been a, a great uh, sidekick for the last 12 years or so. He made me come home at night when I was going through a lot of, no, he leaves me now. He goes through, I uh, was going through just going out and partying all the time in my thirties as a DJ and everything. And there was no reason to come home half time or I could just go party all around the world. And, and I had a full-time job. It was not partying. I had a full-time job at the university. So I needed a little structure and I had a, an ex that had a cat and that cat was easy to, to be around and then uh carl not so he's not easy it wasn't easy um learning and and learning about cats and then growing up with them my family is all dogs and so but it's been i could have cats for the rest of my life after having him as an animal we have another one another cat as well but she doesn't make appearances during the podcast sorry i got off on that tangent right there you were talking we were talking up rollins uh yes now that you're there, see, I've come visit after this damn stupid pandemic gets over with uh, the full intention of this podcast. When I thought about it, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I don't know about yourself. And um, they'd start off with like, what the fuck with Mark Marin and Joe Rogan experience. And they interview celebrities and they, they're really good interviewers. And I listened to some podcasts about like murder and stalking and crazy stuff like that. And cults, cults are my favorite podcast to listen to. And uh, I was like, I could do that. I could interview people. I want to interview my friends. So I'll drive around. My friends live all over the country and they have some good life stories. I mean, everybody likes to talk about themselves. I think I like to talk about myself. So I was like, let's, let's talk to my friends and get their stories out there. And, and cause I've met a lot of great, great people, present company included in my journey in life. And, and so I was like, let's, let's hear what got him from A to Z. And it turns out you live right across the street from where your parents lived at one time, which in Rollins, Wyoming, which is just crazy that it all kind of comes full circle that, that, that is the case. And so, I mean, that's a great story to have on the podcast and I'm glad you were able to tell it. And so now how long have you been in Rollins now? Um, going on, this will be my fifth year. Yeah. Um, well, actually, 21 will be my sixth year. 
Sorry, I keep forgetting we're in 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's hard to say sometimes to like 20, 20 wow. Well, because 2020 was just a, a blur of a year, but sometimes it stopped. And then some, then you picked up and you're like, what, we're in October? What just happened? You know, I, I mean, that's kind of. For everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like, I don't, I mean, there's still the pandemic that we're dealing with. It's still going on. It's still happening in 2021, but there's vaccine and it's going to dissipate hopefully in the year and we get ahead of it and we're the solutions and all that. So we don't have to live the masked life anymore. I passed a guy on campus today that I've known and gone to concerts with. And I was like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, didn't recognize me. And I was like, Gordon, it's me rude. And he's like, Oh, masks and i go i know this is sucks and i know it sucks but it's a must um because i have diabetes and i don't uh i have a compromised immune system and it could kill me so i'm trying to i run from covid as much as i can even though i think i had it at the end of 2019 um everything i had then just adds up to what it was but all the antibodies are out of my system because i tested for them i don't have them um but it's an ass kicker of a sickness one of my best friends has it right now is getting over it. Um, so, and it, yes, obviously it kills people. So I don't suggest anybody get it. So let's, let's get it done, get done with it. So how has it really affected like Rollins and how you work and function and stuff? Uh, well, I want to start it on a high note because the, the masks, I mean, I know they suck, but for me, I kind of like, because like I want, I enjoy going to the store and not having to put on all my damn makeup. I hear you. If I strap on, like one of my hood hoodies, and maybe some sunglasses, you have no idea who I am at all. Uh, I also joke, just joke. I promise it's just a joke. And if anyone takes me seriously, I'm fucked. But it's a really good time to rob banks. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm not doing it. I swear to God. <laughs> and I feel bad saying it because I used to work at the bank. I'm fine. But um, yeah, it's a really good time to do that. I Well, I, I, robbing banks is silly these days, but um, probably other places you probably could commit crime because you had that anonymity. Uh, we're not saying to commit crime by any means. Uh, you know, as we've seen, um, actions have consequences. The actions of last week have consequences. We've seen that. So I'm not suggesting anybody uh, go out and do that kind of stuff, but I understand the anonymity part of it. Um, I wear, uh, you know, my mask and it, it's a sports mask. So I don't know if you've seen Tom Cruise, he works on, on Mission Impossible. He wears the same kind of mask. Not like I chose it because he did, um, but it has vents on it and they kind of work like gills. And some people are like, oh, they don't work effectively, but they do. It passes every sort of test that you would have with a normal cloth mask on. And um, so I have that on. Everybody looks high tech because it goes over my ears and it straps in the back. And then my coat, the best way I can describe it is like Star Wars. It's a big old like winter parka. It's got like a fur hood and everything. And so if I have like a stocking hat on and sunglasses on, you have no idea who I am. And, and like I said, I ran by my friend and he didn't know who I was. And so in the stores, yeah, you can 
you can beeline it and nobody really gets in your way because everybody's trying to dance around each other in the store. And so you can get things done faster. Yes, agreed. Agreed about the store stuff and the anonymity. And maybe, maybe, just maybe in the future when, I don't know, you get sick or somebody else gets sick and they're like, I still want to be in public, but I'll put this mask on so I don't get everybody else sick. Working at a university, I wish people would do that more. One of myself, or, or at least maybe people say, hey, I feel sick, I'm staying home. Those are some good things. I point at myself too. I'm not the best at it. Like I said, when I, I thought I had COVID last year, I was out a week of work. I should have been out two weeks. And I tried to go to work at the end of the week. I worked a half a day. I got in a car wreck because I was out of it. I mean, but I never got tested for the flu because I was like, I, 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 never, I can get out of the flu. It's easy. And a lot of people that got tested then had some upper respiratory thing they couldn't identify, which turns out it was COVID for the most part. He was here. It was definitely here in Laramie because we're an international campus. And so we have Chinese, we have everybody. So wherever it was, they were bringing it back to Laramie, even though it wasn't truly popping up and being tested for uh, later until a few months later, but it comes around again and, and, and still we're fighting it off and everything. So yeah, there, there are some positive maybe sides from it. Um, that we can learn from, we hope. Um, but the anonymity is kind of fun still. Uh, and I like staying home. I love my house. So like you're telling me to stay in somewhere I love. Sure. Sounds like a good time to me. Uh, people, we have friends that, you know, you have a circle of friends that come over. Um, you, know, you can do this kind of stuff. You can zoom and have a party and everything. Keep everybody safe. It's that kind of stuff, but we'll get back to it. I can't wait to go to concerts. I'm really excited. Um, Sitting out this long is, has definitely put a crunch on my mind and everything, but we'll get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Till then, I'm loving the social distancing thing. It's cool. Well, I make jokes with people only, you know, from Wyoming when they were like, yeah, maintain six feet from other people. And I was like, that's a bit close. Here in Wyoming, we don't get that close. It's like, there's a lot of I, I joke too. to work with. I said, um, and Rollins, like, that's what we do. Like, we stay at home. Like, unless you're at the bars, like, social distancing is what we do. That's our life. So, telling us to uh, stay at home and hang out and other than don't, don't go to the bar, it was pretty easy. And but by that time, I quit going to the bars. So, it was easy enough yeah and agreed um i do like to have my fun my, i don't drink like college or 10 years ago or 15 years ago um because of i've lived a kind of a wild and crazy night life in that aspect of the world especially here in laramie there's not a whole lot of you can do at a bar or offer at a bar here in laramie that i haven't seen or done forwards backwards seven times over um so to get me to go out, someone better be in town and you better not make me go to some college bar, college kid bar. Uh, it better be some, some sidebar off, you know, off not downtown. Uh, Cause that's not how I roll anymore. That's for them. It's not for me anymore. I don't want to be the weird old guy in the corner. Yeah. 
it's changed down there so much. I drove around a little bit and I went to show someone like the JJ's bar. It was gone. I was like, well, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> was JJ's? Oh, that's where library's at now. Fireside, yeah. Yeah, and former Fireside. Wow. Yeah, I guess if you've been there gone long enough, that long, it's totally different. And <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> the Chop House. Yep. There, the movie theater, that whole area is all built up. University Plaza. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem that much a difference for me, but if you're not here for very, you know, 10 years at a time, Laramie has changed and keeps changing. It seemed like it's light speed changed in the last 10 years, 15 years, maybe, than it had my prior 30 years of living here. So, but I do. Oh, I was just going to say real quick, I my uh, former college housing, my main college housing, um, 13th in Garfield, woo! Um, yeah, yeah. That house so much better now. <laughs> I could tell that they waited for us to leave to fix it up. <laughs> Rightly so. Good, good choice. It looks really good. I, I do, I mean, my history is Laramie. Um from high school, I mean, from junior high to now, uh, minus three years, three and a half years where I lived in New York. So I can definitely do a tour of Laramie and be like, that house over there used to have the best parties and that house I lived in or woke up, you know, in on a couch, you know, that house. I could definitely do that tour if needed. Uh, but that won't be until, you know, I have the movie of my life uh, so I can really give true details about it but i gotta write the book first and then guys get an option to a movie but these podcasts will help with it i've told a lot of stories and i've had a lot of friends on here that have told stories that have jogged my memories I, I think i have a generally a good memory i'm like oh yes uh my buddy says i have the best memory you give me a couple different if i was there and you give me a couple different like uh points about the night i can generally pull out like the what happened that night I'm like, I wish I could do that with like, you know, theory and like smart stuff, not just random pop culture and like what happened when we went partying in 1997 down in Denver. I, I wish I could use my memory for good and such, but I'm, I'm lucky to have a you know, podcast like this so we can put it all down. And I'm going to ask you one question before we uh, wrap this podcast up, unless you want to, you, know, you got more to tell about Rollins. No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's good. All right. This is my last question. Usually I ask it of everybody on the show. Since we caught all my friends with Justin Flaskrid, how'd we meet? How'd you meet me? Um, I went to Lovejoy's Bar. We met through our friend, uh, Droopy. Yes. I don't know what his name is, but... Um, J.R., he was on, he was a guest earlier on this show. So if you guys want to listen to his podcast, go back a few episodes. But yeah, yes. Very funny. Um, but yeah, he we just started drinking and hanging out. And I do remember the first night uh, we hung out. I drank way too many margarita shakers. And my friend Topher picked me up. And like right as I got in the car, I like threw up margarita shaker everywhere. Oh. I know. But it was fine. I'm really good at Ralph and Rally at that time, so I was just full. Just had to let it go. 
actually, I technically remember a different time uh, we, we met, but you did a drinking trick um, yes. with part of your body and a drink. That's a story that will go in the movie, but we won't talk about it here on the podcast. And if you know Megan, then you know the trick. And so, but I saw that at another party because I was there with an ex-girlfriend, well, girlfriend at the time that she was friends with Topher and all those guys. And so, yeah, you do the party trick and then fast forward and you're hanging out with Droopy JR. And I was like, wait a minute, that girl looks familiar, I think. And we had, did have a conversation about it. And so, but yeah, I was like, it was an interesting way to remember you by though. Well, I didn't know it was you for the longest time because that was like a, a Halloween party. Oh, yeah. I did it at. Yeah. And, and I was you were dressed as a dog. dog. Yes. I was trying and to. Yeah, so I, you're, you're like, I've seen that trick. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I didn't do it all the time, but I was like, when did you see the trick? How many times have I done this? Yeah, but. It's a special trick. I had some special moments in Laramie that I'll never forget. You'll have to have you on. I have plenty more stories that we didn't even break the seal on. So they they could be literally a part two. And when you do part two, we can be face to face. We could actually do this in a room together once the pandemic's over. And then you can write these down. And you can go, okay, this is, I can go, we're picking up part two. This is, I don't know, Laramie Rollins part two, or we'll pick a topic or something. There's lots of people I'm like, we're doing a part two to this interview, I hope. And so, but a lot of it, I want to be done face-to-face in person. Um, and I have all the equipment to do that. And so, and it'll give me a reason to go to Rollins and, you know, get to see that town and maybe find Raleigh. It's hard to miss it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome here anytime. And I'll, I'll start jogging my memory of all the good stories. I've got a nice treasure trove collection of them. So yeah, part two. Nice. And thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you again and catching up on new things and old times. Well, thank you for being on the show and giving me your time telling those great stories oh yeah anytime there will definitely be a part two when we can talk face to face i know she has more stories to tell and i have more questions to ask And there will be better audio on this next interview. I guarantee that. Now I want to thank Megan for her time once again. And hopefully Rollins didn't blow away in this last windstorm or the storm that's going on right now. Wednesday night here in Laramie, the winds are blowing around 45 miles per hour. Yeah, it's crazy. It took out an aspen tree in my front yard. It's not a big tree, but some powerful wind. Speaking of powerful wind... Most of the lawmakers on the Wyoming House floor and many of the senators did not wear a mask while gathering January 12th to begin the 2021 general session. 
Public health orders were also likewise not enforced among the members of the public in attendance, many whom were circulating the galleries and hallways of the Capitol maskless. Cheyenne's a place I would not go maskless inside in public places because uh, their numbers are around, oh, 1,142 cases going on right now, 75 deaths, 15 new cases in the last 24 hours, 213 confirmed cases. Yeah, I wouldn't want to roll around that place without a mask on. By doing this, by not wearing masks, they're really trying hard to make this pandemic last longer than it needs. This is not a political thing. It's a health thing. They're the leaders of the state. So if they don't do it, why should the rest of us do that? A lot of Wyomings will think that way and see them not wearing masks and follow suit and not wear masks or get vaccinated, prolonging us from getting back to normal. This is not a political thing. It's a health thing. Please ask yourself, no matter where you live, what are you doing to end this pandemic? Because if you're doing nothing, if you're just bitching and moaning, not wearing a mask, not social distancing or health, following any of these health guidelines, you're, you're really, really prolonging this whole thing. Get on the winning team and be a part of the solution of ending this pandemic. Please do that. And then we can argue politics later. On to the next episode.